the fastest way to increase your Google and Facebook reviews through text. With a 98% open rate, Vanilla Reviews is the simplest, cheapest way to interact and engage with customers. Visit us at vanillagood.com for more information. Hey everybody, my name is Sam Tagger, and today's podcast, we are actually going to be discovering product innovation and entrepreneurship. And there's so many people out there that have this idea or they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have a product and start selling this product. And they don't really know how to get it off the ground. They don't know if it's going to work. They're nervous. And so today I have a very special guest, Paul Taggart, who is a serial entrepreneur. He has built and scaled many, many successful businesses. He's gone through the entrepreneurial roller coaster of losing money, making money, losing money, making money. And I know this from personal experience because he happens to be my dad. And it's, it's, uh, it's an honor. I've seen it firsthand. I've watched us go from living in mansions to living in condos. And I was the byproduct of this. So it's a very, very honor to have Paul Taggart here as a guest on the show. And, you know, today we're going to be really asking what is that entrepreneurial journey and what is it going to take to take a product from an idea to an actual revenue generating thing. So some of his big successes have been founder, one of the co-founders of OGO. It's a bag company a lot of us are familiar with. And PMD, it's a microdermabrasion tool that everybody is, you know, it's a, it's a tool that a lot of skincare customers and companies and people and consumers use. Um, features on Shop NBC, Extra. Uh, massive companies have, 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 he's built and he's done a lot in the land development and real estate market. Uh, so all sorts of different, you know, avenues of, of creating this scalable system of what we're going to be talking about today. So sad to have you on the show, yeah, Paul. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. So, so tell, yeah. You, so most people ask, well, where do you begin? Where do you start? And my advice to people would be ask the right questions. And there's a lot of questions you could ask. For example, number one question in my mind is who's going to buy this and why? Why would they want it? I've got this great idea. It's better than a smartphone, but who's going to buy it? What's your target market? You know, you got to ask that question. And we've got a list of a lot of questions that we'll post on the screen that you might want to take a screenshot of or look at. But, you know, does it need to be demonstrated? Does anybody know about this? We're going to talk to you today about three products that no one's ever heard of. They have no clue what it is, and they need to be demonstrated. Well, how do you do that? How do you demonstrate it? And who does it for you? You know, how much will the customer pay? You know, you think you think you think it's worth X. You know, I could sell this for 180 bucks, but will they really buy it for 180 bucks? You know, that's a great question. Yeah, I think a lot of them is like, you know, you have third-party validation on there. It's like, can you get third-party validation? You can get, you know, how are you going to test it and when? Uh, you know, is it consumable? Is it a repeat buy? Right. Is it something is it that, like soap or a razor blade where yeah. you have to keep buying them? You know, so it's like a lot of people fail to ask and map out. They've got like this product, you know, can it be ripped off? Can it be patented? Exactly. Can it be something that, you know, we own the rights and then resell as a wholesale option? Right. Or is it something we're just going to have to go straight retail? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. One of the questions we always ask is, can I get an unfair advantage? There are certain ways you can get an unfair advantage. One of them is a patent. Can we get patent protected? And do we have the money to protect it? To, to protect the patent. Because if you get sued, it's very expensive. Or if you have to sue somebody, it's very expensive. You know, do I have better distribution? Have I got better management? Do I have more money? 
Can I be the first into the marketplace? You know, what is it that you have in the very, very competitive world that's going to help you have an, a leg up? You know, ask those questions. You've got to ask those questions. You know, how good is your management? Do you really know what you're doing? Can you get help? Yeah. Do you have a mastermind group that you can go to? Or and, a board of advisors or an observatory board that's kind of, they don't even need to be within the company. They right, could be an advisory board. Yeah. People who will come and say help. <clears throat> With OGO, one of the mentors that we had was a guy named Joel Shapiro. He, <clears throat> he was at that time, just funny how this works. He was president of the National Luggage Dealers Association oh, for the wow. whole country. There's a National Luggers Dealers yeah, <laughs> like, there's, there's, a, there's an association for everything. There I love is. This. So he, he, yeah, and these are a very, very, very organized group. Now, this was 1987, 88, a long time ago, pre-internet. He loved this product that we had called the Original Locker Bag, and we'll talk to you about that in a minute. And so he championed that product with us. He got it on the cover of the National Luggage Dealers Association catalog. Well, huge. That's huge. Huge. That's huge. And this is pre-internet, right? This is pre... You got to go knock doors to... Yeah. You got to go knock doors. You got to knock on Nordstrom's door yeah. to say, hey, we have this idea or this prototype we want to, you know... I'm going to show this to you. Yeah. We got this great idea. Here it is. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. Look at it like, uh, well, it looks nice to me. Why don't you and your wife come down or you and the rep happen to be my wife. We put on these OGO golf shirts. We put a little logo on there. Went down to Nordstrom and demoed it for a day. We sold 20 bags, and they were pumped. That's awesome. <laughs> That's one store, one day. One day, How we do you sold it. How that all over the country? It's kind of hard to do. Yeah, so, then, so I think a lot of people don't realize, like, that is how you, sometimes you have to push a product, is go knock a door and, and talk to the right people and find the right team and yeah. say, hey, I want to show you and demonstrate this thing you know, whatever the unit is. Right. And I think a lot of people aren't, aren't willing to walk down to Nordstrom and say, what do you think? Yeah. We want to sell you this. That's right. You know? So let's go through just some of these questions really, yeah. really fast. Where's the plus, best place to make it? Do we make it here or do we make it overseas? Yeah. Can we get a patent? Can, is somebody going to knock it, off, knock it off? How do we control quality? Mm. Quality control is a huge issue. That'll kill your company. You know, how hard is it, is it to make? How large is your market? Are you going to go international? Do you need all kinds of certificates for international? This plug right here for PMD, you know, have you ever traveled to other countries in Europe? They don't have the same electricity. Oh, uh, yeah. And so you need certificates, these little, on all the companies, on all the countries. You know, do you know those things? So those are questions. How much money do I have? And what's the cost of money? Do, do you find, yeah, I guess one of the questions that I have is so many people money is always the biggest thing right i'm a young college kid mm -hmm. i don't have money to go right get a patent and to go get a manufacturer with a minimum quantity order of ten thousand, and you're like right or, i mean and if you figure out you have a tiger by the tail you've got a really hot product money's an issue yeah it's a good problem but it's a problem and how much does that money cost you do you have to give away ownership for that do you get bank financing where do you get it and how much does it cost you? So I think a lot of the big questions is that equity ownership, you know, re the structure from the beginning. And I'm, I'm sure over the years you've seen bad deal structures at the very beginning because of, hey, me and my buddy want to go into business together. Right. 
And can I, can you trust the people that you are in business with? Yeah. How good are your contracts? What's the structure of your company? Is it an LLC, a C corp, an S corp? You know, do you have tax consequences and other consequences? These are all questions that you should want to be asking. Yeah. What what is the cost to value ratio? That's a huge question. Biggest one of the biggest questions you can ask, and we'll get into that a little later, and I'll give you examples of how that killed one of the products that we had. Yeah, because not every one of the products you've sent out to market won. No. And I think that that's what I think a lot of people realize. Like, let's go to the my high school days. I remember you. We moved to California, and it's hey, we're gonna start this fat bottom line and sell these electronic products and go websites and X Y Z, and you got a lot of money raised. You brought the money. Yeah, and, and I put in a lot of money. We didn't. lost it all. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very, very important learning experience, very expensive education. But, you know, as much as you can, you want to avoid that. And a lot of that happened because we couldn't trust our partners. Yeah, so it's getting the right. If, if you're going to either bring the money, and a lot of these younger entrepreneurs are probably going to have to go get the money from somebody, even if you're getting money from somebody, that's still a good advice is trust the partners. You know, I've, I meet with a lot of entrepreneurs. I've done 150 of these podcasts, different entrepreneurs, and I watch people go get money from the wrong people. And they're like, yeah, I have 500 grand, but they don't do anything. Right. Like I needed somebody that's going to be a partner with yeah. 500 grand that's going to help me run the business. So you have to ask all these questions up front, Sam. Yeah. And so now that you've asked all these questions, and there's a lot of them, and you can pause this and we'll, you can look at these questions. We haven't asked them all because we don't have time for that. But now the question is, now what? Yeah. You've decided, okay, got a product. It's, we're going to go ahead. We're going to start making it. Okay. So now you go through, what do you do? Prove the concept. What do I mean by prove the concept? You got to get it out there and ask these three basic questions. What have I got? What will it do for you? And what do I want you to do next? Who's going to give you third-party validation, not your opinions, but the, the opinions of the public, the general public, or the influencers in that market to say, does this work? How well does it work? Do I like it? And will I buy it? And how much will I pay? Yeah, because there's always the hope on a spreadsheet, you can make a lot of money. Right. <laughs> if, we sell a a, of if we sell 10,000 of these at $150, we'll be a million, you know what I mean? Right. And you're like, well, nobody's yeah. going to pay $150. Well, let's see. There's 7 <clears throat> billion people in the world. Yeah. Man, if I could just get one-tenth one, of 1% yeah. of the market, I'll be rich. I love that. Yeah, so you prove the so concept. What kind of third-party validation can you get? With OGO, Mike Pratt came to me with an idea for the locker bag. Okay, he comes to me with this cardboard box, and it's shaped like a miniature locker. It has a shelf in it, and you put your shoes underneath the shelf. You put your clothes nicely folded on top of the shelf, and here's a picture of it. And there's all these little pictures of magic marker drawings of little bottles and a toothbrush holder and a comb and a mirror and a wet pocket in the door of the, the locker. And he goes, it's the original locker bag. Let's make it. <laughs> It's a little more complicated than that, but he came to me and I said, let's do something simple that people, that's not really hard to make, that people will like. And he came up with that idea. We filed for a patent. We got a patent. We ended up getting really good distribution. So unfair advantage. 
patent, got a real good distribution channel through a guy named Mal Hetzer in Aptos, California, who was the master rep for Reebok. Okay. He had 70 reps all over the how, United how, States. How'd you land that? How'd you say, dude, sell my yeah. bag? We went to a show. We went to the NSGA show in Anaheim, California. We, Mike created a booth, Mike Pratt, very innovative, amazing guy. And he made the booth, little locker room. We created a locker room with a bench and a lockers, and we put the bag in the lockers. Well, Mal came by and saw us at the show. He goes, this is awesome. And we talked, and many trips back and forth to California, and we started selling. You know, and you know, when you talk about distribution channels, what is your distribu distribution channel? You have reps, you sell direct. Today, you can sell direct on the internet. Back then, yeah. internet didn't exist. So you had to go knock on Nordstrom's door. You had to knock on Macy's door. Show up to the conventions. Go to show the show up to the conventions. Show up to the show. Back then, the 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 hot thing were women's aerobic constructors. Reebok mm. was launching their women's aerobic shoe. Fifty-two percent of the market, women. No one had ever targeted that market. What's your target market? Reebok figured it out with the help of this Mal Hetzer. And so we we capitalized on that and just started moving and we moved into the luggage people and the sporting goods people that's cool and that's how it happened and, and we we got people to help us people recognized this product and how cool it was and how it worked one of the one of the issues okay here's your other thing what's your turn on your money problem with ojo here's a huge problem the product was made in taiwan we had 30 day lead time, 30 to 40 days to make one batch. Then they put it on a ship, which was 20 days. So here you're looking 60 days, right? 20 and 40. And then three days to clear customs. So there's another three days and another five, six days to get from the coast to Salt Lake City. So now you're in this, what, 70 days? Yeah, 70 days. Now you have to ship it to Nordstrom or Macy's. So you have to be almost like a forecasting wizard yeah. to say, we've got to order our next batch now, even though we haven't even sold the last freaking batch. Well, and then when do you get your money? Your money, this was all on letter of credit. So you had to post a letter of credit. It was like you spent your money. We didn't have much. And then wait almost five months before Nordstrom on a net 30, and they normally don't pay on time, net 45 you get your money so Scary. your 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 sales are skyrocketing but you don't have inventory because you don't have enough money to, to keep ordering keep, product oh we're running that with eleanor and co right now we have a yeah. this baby romper that we get from taiwan and now we just moved to mexico and it's like katie's like we're gonna we're gonna order more units and i'm like we haven't even sold the units you just ordered <laughs> it's like <laughs> like geez let's sell well, these so as opposed to the internet as the opposed to the internet now you've got instant you ship it and as soon as you ship it you get paid i had to wait five to six months to get my money back so i could make another order yeah well, that's a problem so those are questions you need to ask okay so that worked and we figured it out we had to get an investor and get more money, and that was expensive, because he had took control of the company. Yeah. So if you could have gone back and done that over again, knowing that you needed the money, 
is there another way you would have got the money or would have you just said, yeah, we had to get an investor. That's just how it is. Well, and you're pioneering. You don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now going back to another Going back, bank. I would have planned way better and had money lined up from different sources before this happened. So you wouldn't have had to go we give were, away your company. We were literally flying by the seat of our pants. And what I'm trying to tell you is don't do that. Yeah. Make plans. Ask these questions up front. Because you could have found other sources. Yeah. Like you could have had banks lined up. You could have had distribution credit lines. That you, could, right. you know what I mean? We were panicked. Yeah, you could have gone to like, Reebok. Ah. No, Reebok might have been like, hey, or well, Nordstrom. See, or, and then all of a sudden, here's another factor. When there's a demand and you can't supply it, you can't create or produce the supply, what's going to happen? Somebody else is going to do it for you. Yeah. Well, luckily, we had a patent, but we did have some people come in to knock us off, and they went to a different, different distribution channel. So, for example, Sam, if Costco or Walmart's going to sell your product, is Nordstrom and Macy, are they going to sell it? Hmm. No, you got to pick one. You got to get in bed with somebody. That's right. We had a decision to make. Do we go with what back then was Price Saver? It became Sam's Club. Sam's Club bought it out. We had to decide. Sam's Club ordered 10,000 units from us, and we said, what do we do? We're selling to Nordstrom and Macy's. If we sell to Sam's Club, they go away. Yeah. They we pick. decided to stay with Macy's and Nordstrom, but somebody else came with a knockoff and sold to Sam's Club or the price saver. Interesting. And they sold way more units than we did and made a potload of money off of our product. That's frustrating. Yeah. And that's just part of life. It's part of life. So, you, so then you get this other idea of the airlock, right. which is a bike pump slash like lock. lock. You know, it's the pump right. and lock all in one. Right. And you're like, dude, we, we got this idea. Let's go make it. And it was patented. Had a great product. We did a lot of testing, went out into the marketplace, but we learned very quickly, and, and we'll just tell you the short, the short cost of value ratio didn't work. It cost us $15 to make that. So if you make it for $15, what have you got to sell it for to make a profit and let the end user, the bike shop, sell it and make a profit? What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, probably we sell it for 30 they sell it for 60, right? We yeah. thought 49, $59 well, it was, it was lean. Well, over a period of time, and we got this into Walmart, Shopco, Halfords in England with 450 stores, great product. We had Greg LeMond, the three-time Tour de France winner, number one bike cyclist in the world, 1991 Sportsman of the Year in Sports Illustrated, endorsing the product, you know, helping us. Yeah. That's third-party validation at a high level. But it needed to be demonstrated. People didn't know what it was. Yeah, they didn't realize. It's like, oh, it's a two-in-one. And what we didn't know, and here's the, the catch on this, ladies and gentlemen, is the biking industry is a very fickle industry. And they don't have a lot of money. Most of them are hobbyists and just people. They weren't going to spend 50 bucks for a bike lock and an air and a pump. They wouldn't. We found that we could sell it all day long for 1995. $24. That didn't work. Killed us. Interesting. So Cost to value ratio. What's my margin? What's the value of the product versus your cost to make it? What kind of margins do you have? That's a critical element in your evaluation process. So fast forward, you did years of land development, had big wins, big losses, obviously with the market crash of 2008. 
you did this fat bottom line, another crash, and then you're what 55 sitting in 52, your 52 50, 50, no probably 57 50 yeah that's yeah, what i was gonna say 57. 57 sitting there we lost all your money most people are sitting there like <laughs> this is the entrepreneur i remember he goes like this he says sam you're an idiot all you should do is go to ge apple or google work your way up the ladder and i remember this <laughs> advice from paul taggart but this isn't an emotional. This was a bad this, time. This is a. This is me in high school, right? When he, I'm 17, when he's 57 or whatever, I'm this 17-year-old kid saying I'm going to start a business. He's like, Sam, no, I just lost all my money and I have no retirement and I'm 57. What do I do? You know, yeah. and you know, a lot of people on this stage. This is what's so admirable about Paul Taggart is. He gets back on the pony. You know, he worked years to get this patent to get PMD. It's a microdermabrasion tool, right. and he has one right here. Yeah, and I mean, this is a this is a little tool. It's a Dremel tool. Like it has a spinning disc here with suction that takes the dead skin off your body. So your face, refined lines, wrinkles, age spots you know, acne, scarring, st that kind of stuff. It's a microdermabrasion tool for home use. And we were able to get this to the market, get it out there, and demonstrate it. Because again, nobody knows what this is. But the thing that changed everything for us was the internet. Yeah. PMD, I mean, OGO and um, bike lock, no internet. This had the internet. So you, you have the social media people. And so one of your first areas to market and, and and I think that a lot of people underutilize this. Well they do but they don't, right? You have this influencers and you went YouTube influencers yeah. right from the get go. We were this was two thousand nine, two thousand ten. This is pre like yeah. pre big I mean this was like innovation of the influencer so, was, market. Yeah, social media was just starting to happen. And and we capitalized it. We really pioneered that that world there. But we went out to the influencers, we went out to these beauty bloggers. And mommy bloggers. This is Paul Taggart, 57-year-old cat, saying, hey, girl. <laughs> yeah, say, look, <laughs> look, if you think about it, try this. Try this product. Try this. Try this product and tell us what you think. And, if you, and hey, we thought it was great. And we had some doctors that thought it was great and some estheticians. And we went out to the, to the professionals and said, give it a go. And they liked it. In fact, in some cases, it worked too well. It's it fried their faces yeah, off. People started to torch their face and say, and we're like, oh, you're overusing God. this. What do we do? And he says, look, you got to follow this, the, the, the directions. You got to follow the instructions. But these are, these are questions, Sam, that people need to ask. What's the dangers to the consumer? Yeah. What could happen to these people if they mess it up? I mean, look at like Samsung when its phone combusted. It right. hit them Start billions of dollars. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Everybody's like, oh, we don't want to get one of those. And I mean, look at the car manufacturers that have to recall Yeah, product. recall products. So you got to think through those things. You know, people are, you got to make this idiot proof so that they, they know exactly how to use it because no one had ever seen it before. Yeah. So that's where we started. We started with the internet. We, we got influencers and then some people got a hold of it. We went on to Good Morning America and they had a deal of the day deal thing in, in that day. We did 1.5 million in sales one day because Good Morning America said, here's a product that's amazing, and that's third-party validation. The magazine started to publish articles about microderm, you know, and, and, and that's what happened. 
And cool. so, you know, and then we had to manage again, money, growth, quality control. This is made in Vietnam. It's an international product. Europe, we sell in Europe, we sell in Japan, we sell in China, you know. Now what's happening with China with the coronavirus? All of these factors are things that you think about as you run a business. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I think a lot of people don't realize it, business is duplicatable. And I think it's like you found you could go from a locker bag to an airlock to a, you know, real estate properties to a microderivation tool and it's you answer the same questions i mean the it's, principles are the, the same. principles are the same i the mean it doesn't the same. it doesn't change so let's kind of wrap up yeah. with be prepared yeah be prepared so you know once you've got a tiger by the tail then you have a whole other series of other questions what's your risk tolerance what's wh how many well, how do we manage inventory yeah you know what 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 kind of office and warehouse do we need you know how good is our management what's our team going to look like who do we need in place to do? You're in a situation right now where your company's blowing growing like mad and you got to hire a CEO and find more people. And it's like, if you do that quick and you don't watch yourself really carefully, you could make big mistakes yep. that could be extremely expensive yep. and very, very hard to deal with. So sometimes it's best to step back, take some time and say, I'm not going to hurry this. I know I need it, but let's make the right decision, not the quick decision. And so that, that leaves you, and I'll leave this, we'll put this, uh, these questions, yeah, this yeah. slide up on the board. You know, how do we manage our fixed costs? Most people operate from a ready, fire, aim mentality. Don't do that. You want to do ready, aim, fire. Be ready and think as, I mean, you won't answer all the questions, but think as of many questions you can possibly think of that will affect your business before you pull the trigger. Yeah. Know the target that you're shoot, shooting at. Have that aimed right at a good target where you know where you're going, you know where you're headed because you've asked all the questions before you pull the trigger. So I appreciate you, you know, being on yeah, the show. Thanks and for, this is awesome. I hope, I hope you enjoy this. Yeah, thank right. you.